brands and companies are going to have to be much more thoughtful about how they're approaching audio and how are they making people's lives easier? How are they putting them at at ease? How are they, you know, easing apprehensions or anxieties? How are you lightening the cognitive load, if you will? And so much of this is subconscious, but that's really where sound design and, and audio branding becomes increasingly valuable. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Shez Mara. I, I love the idea of investing in the audio and not just using portions of it from already created media. Well, <laughs> well, also because, you know, first of all, if you're using it from a known artist, then you're only using it for as long as that artist you know, as long Allows as you decide you to. to yeah, yeah, but as long as you can license the music, right? right. And right. you're you're trading on the personality and what have you of the artists themselves. So what if they do something that you don't really want associated <laughs> with your brand? Yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden that music is no, yeah, yeah. So that music is no longer good to you. Right. And also I've come across a lot of really well known brands who are using license-free music and they're all using the same license-free oh, yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. That was part of our discovery in our conversation with, you know, the energy client is mm -hmm. we did a competitive analysis of about 15 competitors and we found three of their competitors using the same stock music in their <laughs> tutorial videos. Yeah. And it was a, it was a great moment because it was one of those, here's exactly what we mean. And this yeah. is not what you want to do. Yeah. And then, you know, they had the light bulb moment and said, aha, okay, we definitely do not want to sound like this intentionally or unintentionally. Um, you know, and to your point with owning and investing in your, your audio creative, uh, you know, like Disney plus has, has recently pretty much caught up to Netflix in terms of paid subscribers. I think they crossed the hundred million mark and mind you, this is only a two year or less than two year old. Oh yeah. They're really brand. new. Yeah. Now Disney has always invested in their audio right they yep they invest heavily in their visual creative but they own all of the music in their movies all of the music in their cartoons all of the music playing in their theme parks they mm -hmm. invest in that and could you imagine they hadn't they wouldn't have been able to catch up to netflix in the same capacity this fast because they would have to go out and create net new material but here they are leveraging brand assets and audio creative from decades ago mm -hmm. and putting it on their platform, which allows them to diversify their content strategy and ramp up subscribers really quickly. And, you know, a brand like Disney gets it. So many of the kids shows and, um, you know, children's sort of parent companies, Spin Master and, and, and these different companies that own things like Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig, they get it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting that these organizations get it 
And yet you have Fortune 1000s, even Fortune 500s running around still trying to, you know, rent rent their audible equity mm-hmm. every time they they go to market. And uh, again, I think this is going to change and it's changing. Um, but it's interesting to sort of look back at and say, wow, how are you, you know, what is your plan here? We, we put together a little video, actually. Um, I'll share it with you. We, we found four campaigns from Nike, KFC, H&M, and Dolce & Gabbana, and they all use the same, exact same track in their commercials. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And these are big global spots. So beyond the production and creative investment, the media buy alone on these things must have been massive. And mm-hmm. it's very confusing to say, wait a minute, is this is this Nike or is this KFC or you know yeah, what's going on here? How do these brands relate to one another? They kind of don't. They so don't. Why They're are polarizing. they using the same music? <laughs> right. And again, it's it. You know, I bet if I were a betting man that mm-hmm. it would come down to, oh yeah, great creative. Oh yeah, great strategy. Okay, cool. We're gonna make everything. Oh yeah, we have the whole media plan. It's gonna be served here, here, and here. Oh, uh, what are we gonna do for music? I don't know. What do you think we should do? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous way to live, right? You don't plan to drive somewhere and pack your bags and pack the picnic and, you know, you have your whole trip planned out and you start driving and say, oh shit, I don't have any gas in the tank. Where is the nearest <laughs> gas station? Yeah. Like you're doing yourself a disservice. And well, we do do that, but <laughs> we, we usually- <laughs> We're not spending hundreds we're, of millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I would love to get a link to that uh, video, by the way, and I'll include it in the show notes. That, <laughs> okay, I'm cool. sure that would be a lot of fun for people to hear and see. Uh, I wanted to ask you specifically, actually, about the TELUS bullying campaign, because mm-hmm. I, I, I know that was a really good um, illustration of how all of this works. And yeah, I wanted sure. to maybe ask you to go into some detail with that. So I'll, I'll keep it real with you. We got that brief at the very last minute, which proves my entire point. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. love TELUS and love everyone mm-hmm. we worked with on it. But complete afterthought, they had this entire strategy and plan and everything figured out. And it landed with us saying, hey, we actually need the very asset that we're planning this entire thing around. We need the song. Do you have wow. an idea of an artist that we could do it with? And we thought... Mm-hmm what is going on? You know, (laughs) we we turned that around in two days. Mm -hmm. And it was a very tricky process because, you know, the campaign is geared towards ending cyberbullying. And we're working with this rapper and we don't want to produce a song that is kitschy or comes across as cheesy and it needs to work with his fan base and it has to be authentic to everyone involved. And kids need to like it. And (laughs) kids need to like it and their parents need to like it Mm -hmm. and it needs to serve telus's CR, csr platform and it was a, a big ask to turn mm-hmm. around very quickly but i mean you know we went into the studio when we could all go into studios yeah before COVID. i remember those um, <laughs> and and we made probably we probably made like eight or nine songs you mm-hmm. know um, at least ideas of songs and the one we ended up with just felt right and it it was natural and authentic and true to everyone's own brand from from telus to you know the rapper the artist involved um 
the the campaign's goals and and the content, the subject matter, and so forth. So yeah, I mean, you know, it was a rare case of everything sort of coming together very quickly when typically something like that would be uh, planned for with much more bandwidth. But oh, yeah. we ended up getting it done. Um, it went well. The campaign was received well. I think it hit all of the brand goals and objectives that it had hoped to. Um, so yeah, that was actually a, a tactical thing that landed in our laps that we we were drawn to the the goal of the campaign. You know, we believed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to do our part to end cyberbullying, obviously. So we jumped into it. Um, but you know, most times we would say, uh, yeah, we should probably take some more time to think about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, those that was one of those instances where we we again we believed in the campaign, we believed in the work. And we did our very best to bring it to life quickly and efficiently. Um, and, you know, that's all attributed to an incredible team of, of people behind mm-hmm. putting that together. Um, and that's really what all of this comes down to. You know, it's understanding the business goals and objectives and then working on it with a team of human beings that are super duper talented. And, uh, you know, I sort of play the role of a coach on the sidelines, as I've alluded to a few times, and work with people that are much smarter and more talented than than I am uh, in this in this world, and try and guide guide that towards the right direction, and manage client relationships, and manage expectations, and manage the creative process. But uh, yeah, it's all about just getting the best work out of incredible people and and keeping it moving forward. So I try mm-hmm. and focus on that. I know we're all dealing with a lot these days, so I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Hazel, who writes, Great show, great selection of guests, and provides valuable insights about the sound industry. Thanks, Jody. Thanks so much for your kind words, Hazel. I'm really glad you're enjoying it. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. I know there's a lot of other things that you're doing as well, like uh, Destination Toronto you were telling me about uh, <laughs> yeah. before. And so I wanted to sort of get into that because sure. that's that's like a fascinating um, production right there. I mean, and it's we're in a strange time right now, so not exactly great time for um, travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully something like that would keep Toronto top of mind when people start doing that again. Or it'll give people uh, a sense of pride in the city they live in, which which would be nice. But can you talk a little more about that campaign? Destination Toronto, their CMO approached us about building the sound of the city. You know, how can we intrinsically and inherently communicate Toronto and distill it into various assets, one of them being an audio logo? Which is very difficult to do to condense oh, yeah. a city as uh, as diverse and as rich in culture and heritage. Um, you have this global sort of population in this city, mm-hmm. um, and we need to build something that is true to that, reflective of that, um, flexible and adaptive enough to be, you know, molded into different campaigns depending on different strategies and seasons and business objectives and other boards of trade getting involved and so forth. So it's been, uh, it's 
been a really interesting process over the last two months or so working on this, but we're really excited about what we've come up with. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. We're creating a number of assets for them. And uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be working on that. And it's all being done with um, Toronto-based musicians and composers and producers. Um, so we're really trying to focus on the people that make up the city, actually mm-hmm. um, getting them involved in this in this project. But we've been recording sounds around the city. We've been going <laughs> into, you know places and, and recording different sounds and using those sounds as inspiration and getting really, really granular in terms of how we can come up with the inspiration uh, for the sound of the city. So mm-hmm. it's a special, it's a special project for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing how that all turns out, you know, because I kind of live here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that'd you'll be see, nice. <laughs> you'll see and hear soon enough. So I love it. it. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you, I know that um, you and your colleagues also have a workshop that you do about audio branding. Can you talk a little about that? Once a brand or an organization is interested in potentially working with us in this realm, we take them through two initial steps. The first is an education workshop to invite their team to truly understand and educate them on what it is we're doing or hope to do with them, why this is important, you know, why it is a relevant time to make this investment and so forth. And that way, everyone is singing from the same songbook. They all get it. They've been educated as to the basic principles of what audio branding entails and how it makes sense for their organization. The second step is a strategic immersion workshop, which typically happens over four or five weeks. And over there, we get really granular uh, and lift the hood off the organization it is that we're speaking with. You know, we review all of their audio marketing efforts. We conduct stakeholder interviews and analyze documents. We audit all of their touch points. We really do a deep diagnostic of their sonic universe as it exists today. Mm-hmm. You know, which touch points deliver a coherent and valuable uh, audio experience, which don't. We do things like competitive analysis to understand how they ladder up against uh, competing firms in the space. And, you know, these are really, really detailed. But what happens after the fact is two things happen. One is the brand that wants to potentially go down this path, but might be apprehensive to do so because it is all new and scary to them and they've never done this before. It de-risks the transaction for them, the investment for them. Because after these four weeks, after they've engaged us and after the, we give them a strategic report and a recap and comprehensive data analysis and give them all of our unique insights into their audio brand identity, we establish what value means to them, what their KPIs are, et cetera. And we give them all of that information. If for some reason they didn't enjoy the process or they don't want to move forward, now they are not tied down to a multi six figure scope of work and and they're not handcuffed into something. And this de-risks the situation for both parties. We might also uncover a lot of information that says, okay, maybe this isn't the right client to do this with because they've never cared about this or, you know, the process in these four weeks, Mm -hmm. we could tell that leadership didn't really want to do this or invest in it. And I think at the end of that month or so, both parties have clarity and both 
parties have very clear direction in terms of, okay, here's everything we've uncovered. Here's what we both agree is valuable to you. Here's where you are saying you want to go. Here's how we can help you get there.、Mm-hmm. And we provide all of the paths forward. And should and if you want to continue the conversation, then we can actually scope it out properly, do a true creative brief, and let you know how much it's all going to cost to actually、mm-hmm. execute on what we've discovered. So, yeah, we found that going through this process with the workshops、um, helps just establish a lot of clarity on both sides. And Provides a lot of value upfront for those brands and those organizations to truly understand where they are.、Um, but there's no pressure to necessarily work with us or work with us right now. They at least have you know, options and levers to pull after the fact. Sure. Yeah. And that's a, a great way to get people acclimatized, I guess, to what would be involved. Yeah. And you know, I, I believe in getting paid for the work you do. And, <laughs> of course.、Uh, again, you know, I like agencies. I have lots of friends at agencies.、Um, but the agency model of sort of the pitch、mm-hmm. and doing all of this work up front to try and sell you on something, it's just not how we roll. We don't believe in you know, that approach. And、mm-hmm. so we, we come in as consultants and say, look, this is what we do. We do it well. Here's what we can do for you. Here's the first step. Here's what it's going to take in terms of dollars and time. Here's what you're going to get after that. And from there, you know, we can have another powwow and make a decision in terms of is this a path we want to go down now? Is it a path that makes more sense for the next fiscal, et cetera,、mm-hmm. right? It just、yeah. gives options to both sides. Yeah, that's a very good point and a good way to do things because I, I do think that people need to understand what they're getting into and that it's not an afterthought <laughs> and it shouldn't be an afterthought. It is a whole thing of its own. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.comslash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website, and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers, and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. So, where do you see all this going in the future? I mean, sound and advertising isn't going away. So, where do you see it heading? Yeah, it's not going away. And, you know, sound is as old as we all are、mm-hmm. um, as human beings. I just think that. In order to really resonate with people or capture their attention, you can't just serve them a TV commercial anymore.、Mm-hmm. And if you do, how are you planning to peel their eyes off their second screen that they're on? So there's a lot of ways in which it can go, but I guess I, I would say brands and companies are going to have to be much more thoughtful about how they're approaching. Audio and how are they making people's lives easier? How are they putting them at 
at ease? How are they, you know, easing apprehensions or anxieties? How are you lightening the cognitive load, if you will? And mm-hmm. so much of this is subconscious, but that's really where sound design and, and audio branding becomes increasingly valuable. You know, we have a product called Reina um, for the restaurant and hospitality space with background music and I love that. And I think I told you when we talked about this before, that's my sister's name. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, with that, uh, no one really, you don't go to a nice restaurant and get your fancy dinner and your bottle of wine and you're dressed up. You don't notice the music when it makes sense for the environment you are in. But subconsciously, Mm -hmm. it is working in your favor, in the restaurant's favor, in the fa- in the favor of how your meal tastes but when it is blatantly <laughs> abrasive or <laughs> does not make sense yeah it sticks out like a sore thumb and and really that's the sort of fine arts with audio branding and sound and, and marketing and advertising and just human interactions the goal here is to make people's lives better without them even realizing you're doing so thus mm-hmm. strengthening that that brand affinity and that connection without people necessarily overtly thinking about something and saying, Oh, I really like this music. I I really like this brand now. That's not the point. That was never the point. The point is how can we make people's interactions better? How can we, you know, introduce things like voice into the mix and smart speakers and all of these tools and all of these platforms and channels that exist and will continue to grow today it's tiktok and clubhouse tomorrow it'll be something else mm-hmm. the reality is sound is most likely going to be a part of all of these things now how can we make it a part of all of these things intentionally strategically so as not to add more noise or cognitive load if you will into mm-hmm. people's lives but to make them easier to make customer journeys more, um, you know, more intuitive. I think that's where it's going to head. It's going to be a, a, an art form that is blending art and science and sort of fine tuning our application of sound and of audio across everything we do, across every, every means of how someone interacts with us as a company or a brand. And I think you're going to see organizations become much more thoughtful and considerate of how they treat audio and how they treat sound in terms of everything they do. I think that's a wonderful thing. I'm looking forward to that future. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. Working hard at it over here. So So how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Sure. You can find me online. You can find me on LinkedIn. If you Google my name, Shazmara, S-H-E-Z-M-E-H-R-A. You can find me on there and on Twitter. Our website is audiobrand.io, A-U-D-I-O-B-R-A-N-D.io. I'm pretty accessible, so feel free to reach out. Always good to connect with um, all kinds of peoples. Uh, I'm a student of life, so I love connecting with folks and learning about what they do, whether it has anything to do with audio or sound or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I try and remain curious, and I'm a student. I'm here to learn, so welcome Welcome any and all inquiries and connections. That's great. I hope you will join me at some point in the uh, audio branding discussions that I have on Clubhouse. <laughs> yes, I would love to. I, I, you know, if you can shift the time to make them in the evenings, I will definitely be there. But um, well, you can make your own room if you want to under the club. 
the power of sound ah, is the yes. club, and you're welcome to open a room anytime you would like. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. No, I'll definitely means. catch you on Clubhouse. I need to get more <laughs> active on there. A lot of my friends chirp me and say, hey, are you going to use this app or are you just going <laughs> to stick your profile on there? And uh, so I should probably do something. But uh, no, this was, this was fun. Mm -hmm. um, thanks again for inviting me to the conversation and looking forward to working with you on a few projects that we have on the go. That'd be great. And uh, yeah, 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 looking forward to continuing the conversation. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.